In this episode of The Cole Memo, we will explore a lesser-known Illinois cannabis tradition, Hash Wednesday. The annual event served as a protest for the legalization and decriminalization of cannabis and other drugs. It was held in the quad at the University of Illinois in Urbana-Champaign. Throughout this series on Hash Wednesday, I'll engage in conversations with participants spanning different generations. We'll be diving into their unique experiences at Hash Wednesday. During these discussions, our guests share memories, photographs, newspaper clippings, and of course, some remarkable stories. For this particular episode of The Cole Memo, I had the privilege of recording at OK Cannabis, a complex located in Wheeling, Illinois. OK Cannabis has a few things going on in the complex, including a bakery, a bar, a dispensary, and a cannabis consumption lounge, which is where we recorded this episode. This is The Cole Memo. I'm your host, Cole Preston. Every episode is released in audio, video, and transcript format. To find the transcript, audio, or video version of any episode, please refer to the description of the episode that you're listening to. Within that description, you can find a link that will take you to our website, which will display the transcript for this episode and the platform's where you can find this episode in audio or video formats. If you're unable to locate the episode description on whichever platform you're listening from, simply note the episode number and visit thecolememo.com. Find the corresponding episode on our website, and from there you'll be able to access the audio, video, and transcripts for that episode. You might also find any links that we reference during the episode so that you might be able to do your own research. If you're not listening to this episode of The Cole Memo on Patreon, then you're listening to this episode later than our patrons. To become a patron, go to thecolememo.com slash Patreon. Once again, that's thecolememo.com slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. It's a great way to support our show. One of the best ways to support our show is absolutely free. Subscribe to or follow our show. Leave us a positive review from wherever you're listening to us from. Favorite this episode. Give it a thumbs up. Leave a comment or post a review. Your engagement and support is appreciated. Today is November 2nd, 2023, and this episode was captured on October 28th. 2023. Enjoy this episode of The Cole Memo. Mark the beginning of Lent with Ash Wednesday. The season asks the faithful to repent for past sins by giving up a vice. But as WCIA3's Matt Metcalf discovered, an unrelated holiday with a similar name is all about indulgence. It's from the vault. It's been more than two years since Illinois legalized recreational marijuana, but for decades, smoking cannabis was part of the counterculture, a sign of resistance. And at the U of I, Hash Wednesday brought secret vices out into the public eye. 
Stan Childress filed this report from the U of I in 1978. An English teacher, this reporter once was, so where prose doesn't do, perhaps verse does. For this is a special day on the U of I quad, a day whose activities were once thought mod. It's an anniversary of sorts, one week delayed, but as these faces tell, the folks aren't dismayed. Hash Wednesday, they call it, coming once each year, perhaps as a reminder of the things many fear. I can't understand why anybody would have any fear for it whatsoever. A lot of people know nothing about marijuana at all, and it frightens them. Older generation doesn't know about it. I think a lot of the society does fear it. Let's call these things drugs of the subculture set, but just how sub are they, we may discover yet. Could we be moving in a direction unknown, or is this an old path generations have known? We suspect the latter, that is, this trail is old, aged wine and new flasks, this tale is being told. By gosh, hear what's said by the Fords and Mills. Hark, hark, young folks, this stuff really kills. The purpose of this day, to bite the Solon's ear, this stuff called hash, we need not fear. Illegal it is, we've heard the law say, but there were no arrests on this hash day. It's as if to say, let's all take a pause and consider decriminalization, which is their cause. Let's remember one thing, the Solons aren't deaf. Remember too, for them, the issue is complex. So they've had their day, and a sunny one at that, and we're sure next year they'll be back. And I've had my day with some Charles Osgood flair, and for those of you who broke no laws today, it just doesn't seem fair. Stan Childress, Channel 3 News, at the University of Illinois, which has a lot of reason, but no rhyme. This reporter is out of time. While marijuana might be legal now, forget lighting up anything on the U of I quad, the entire campus went smoke-free, even outdoors, in 2014. From the vault, I'm Matt. Yeah, well, and, you know, you've got your food here, you've got drinks yeah, here. This is a special one. It's a perfect mixture. Of yeah, everything. you don't have to leave. Yeah, how nice is that? Have to leave. Yeah. It's sort of like a little, yeah, it's, it's everywhere. I don't it's sort of like leave. a little Disneyland for adults. Yeah, I don't want to leave. No need. Let's fire it up. I mean, <laughs> let's, I let's do it, dude. Well, uh, Tony, how would you introduce yourself? I've got you here as part of my Hash Wednesday uh, series, but before we get into that, Let's just talk Tony. How would you sure. introduce yourself? Well, I've been in cannabis for about two years now on the business side, working in mergers and acquisitions, where I help find buyers with assets that I represent across the country. I represent edible companies, grow operation, dispensaries, uh, and some ancillary businesses as well in cannabis. So I am a connector, a finder, through my vast network in cannabis across the country. I've put the right buyers with the assets. My assets are across the country in the limited markets as well as the mature markets. Do you have any, I, I'm just asking you, do you have any name drops? Can you name drop any, any ones you've been involved in or is that not something really somebody in your position does? You know what, it, it's not probably the right place or time. However, uh, it's single state operators primarily that may have one or two dispensaries and are looking to get to a certain magic number, it appears that that magic number is 10. And that seems to go based on what a state will allow you to do. A lot of groups want to make sure they get to their max. They want as much exposure. And because one-offs rarely will work in cannabis. You can't have one dispensary. And if anything, you want to have a vertical, that's really the way to make money in cannabis. So I help 
companies grow in cannabis, whether they're growing into a new market or an existing market they already are present in. Yeah. And for folks, just just really quick, for folks that were wondering what is uh, vertical, can you quickly oh, explain that? Of course. That? Sorry. So a vertical is more than one component of a cannabis industry. It's almost sort of taking it from the seed, a grow operation typically. You may then own a manufacturing where you could take that flour, convert it to oil, you can do infusion products as well. And then you have also then the, re- the distribution. The distribution is the retail. So in fact, in Illinois, as an example, is you, you can carry as much product of your own as long as you have 30% representative of other brands, which is important because you want to have plenty of shelf space and give customers variety. But when it comes to dollars and cents, which at the end of the day, it's a business, you want to make sure you control your costs. And if you're putting your own products in your stores, then you're making it on both ends. Yeah. And if I could put it like maybe a little bit more uh, bluntly for folks like you save money if you're giving product to yourself, but if you have to purchase it from somebody else, you are doing just that. You're paying for the product. You're also yeah. paying them a little bit of piece so that they can profit. It's true. So if you grow it your own and you're selling your own, that's where that vertical integration comes Yeah, and in, if right? you think about it, we can bring it back to the old illicit days. That's what people did. They grew weed at home and they sold it on the street and they made money. And, you know, it's really no different other than obviously We're in a blessed time that we have regulations that allow legalized marijuana, which is something I never thought I would see in my lifetime. To me, that is not only a dream come true, but it makes perfect sense. I always say, go to a bar and how many fights happen because people are drunk. You go to a consumption party and all you're pretty much going to see are hugs and smiles. And the difference is, is the effects that certain drugs or alcohol have on people. So much like prohibition that we went through way before your, even my time. <laughs> yeah. Um, we went through that where, you know, alcohol wasn't viable or legal. And then it was all bootlegged and so forth. No different than cannabis. Fortunately, we're in a time where cannabis is catching up with that. Today, you drive down the street, you'll see multiple gas stations and you'll see multiple Starbucks and you'll see multiple liquor stores. What's going to happen is as time goes on, you're going to see multiple dispensaries down that same street. Because as time goes on, more and more you know, awareness, more and more acceptance. And you're seeing it everywhere in, in every state. Uh, more and more acceptance coming on. Well said. Well said. And uh, again, before we get into the content of our conversation today, I thought it'd be cool to tell people how we met. I was standing outside smoking a joint at Benzinga. And uh, you, and I believe it was uh, a person Christine named Christine. Hernandez. Yep. She's a colleague of mine. Yeah. Yeah. I um, Benzinga, which if anybody who's watching doesn't know, is they're the largest media in cannabis uh, as far as outreach and exposure. And they come from it from the business standpoint and the investors is their focus. And they have two conferences a year, one in Chicago, one in Miami. And in Chicago, this is also kind of a cool thing. There's very few business conferences that you can go to where you walk out the door and there's 25 people passing around joints. That's what this conference is like because it's cannabis friendly. Yeah. We're in a day where you can do that. So, yeah, I was walking by and saw Cole and uh, right away recognized (laughs) him because I told him I go and it was kind of funny. I felt like a little uh, kind of a, a cold geek. I was like, hey, Cole. 
dude, I really like your work. I really do. I appreciate your work. And I have liked it. And I was so glad that I got to know, know you before I met you. And it was right away. I'm like, we got to smoke a joint together. Because, <laughs> yes. I think yeah. we ended up smoking a few. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. But, you know, the whole thing about conferences like that and just the whole cannabis community and why I love working in this industry is you don't have jerks. You know what? You have people that care about one another and actually care about wanting this industry to grow because it's such a new legalized industry. So people want to see it succeed. So and the reality is the only way cannabis will succeed is through partnerships, helping one another out, making sure that you support each other's brands. And, and people are do that in cannabis. And I think that's what makes it a very different place to work in. Yeah. And I think you'll appreciate this plug when you said hi to me. I couldn't put my finger on the fact of why do you look familiar? And I went, you ended up telling me why, but I also go, going back through my footage, I was like, oh, he was literally on stage at Benzinga oh, giving out an award. Do you want to tell people about that? Oh, yeah. 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 yeah and borrow lighter. If you mind. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. No, I appreciate that. So I was recently asked to be the chairman of the Cannabis Hall of Fame, which is opening up in Las Vegas at Planet 13. And if any of your viewers have never been to Planet 13 in Las Vegas, it's a spectacle. It's the largest dispensary in the country. And upon they have 146,000 visitors come there a year. And uh, part of that is they're growing, building a 13,000 square foot fully immersive facility called Cannabition. Cannabition is going to be a room where it's going to be one of the best photo taking opportunities where each room is going to be trippy. One room, you're going to feel like you're upside down in the room. And another room is going to be about the history of the plant and where it comes from. Another room is going to be about medicinal, but it's all going to be very, uh, very unique. And housed in there is going to be the Cannabis Hall of Fame. And Cannabis Hall of Fame, which already has 44 inductees, including many people from a celebrity standpoint, you would think about from a Snoop Dogg to, of course, Willie, Willie Nelson, uh, and among also a lot of politicians, uh, states that have been recognized as being first in cannabis. Uh, so this is an opportunity where we're going to have the chance to recognize the history of cannabis, the people that made cannabis what it is today, not just from a marketing standpoint, but from a early on medicinal standpoint and doing the initial studies and all that. Um, but it's also bringing the cultures together. Uh, it, another thing that's really unique about cannabis is it's brought many cultures together of diversity from business, different cultures, different backgrounds, and it's bringing it together for a new industry that have to harmonize, harmonize together in order to be successful. So anyway, the reason Cole, you were kind enough to mention is the Cannabis Hall of Fame. It's it's exciting project that's coming up, and I hope for you to be there when we open up in the first quarter of next year. Yeah, it'd be cool. I I feel uh, I wish I would have brought my uh, chillum you gave me. Oh, I brought you one. Are you kidding? Oh, you, uh, you brought me a, a good. Brought okay, good. I was gonna say I uh, I really like that chillum, and I still use it. So um, yeah, so that's an exciting project that's coming up with the Cannabis Hall of Fame, and it. It's an exciting time in cannabis. New brands are starting to emerge here in Illinois. Some of the craft growers that have taken a while, I think we're up to like seven now that have opened up their doors. And now some of their brands are hitting the shelf. So I know here in Illinois, it's good to see new brands. 
we have very few brands, considering we're one of the most powerful sales markets. We're number three in the market across the country as far as sales. And um, so it's a good time to be in cannabis in Illinois. Yeah. Speaking of Illinois. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> speaking of Illinois, and if you saw me pulling up, it's because I've got like a little set list of questions that have been asking people about Hash Wednesday. They're super easy, so don't. it's not like a, I hope I didn't just take you back to UIUC pop quiz. Uh, First off, it's you, not UIUC. UIUC? Oh, um, yeah, I guess you can call it that. People do call it that. See, you're from Champaign, right? Yeah, so yeah. You call that from. Uh, yeah, this, uh, the reason that, Cole, you wanted me to come was to talk about Hash Wednesday. Yes. I, I know you had some other guests on talking about Hash Wednesday, so hopefully your viewers know what Hash Wednesday was about, but maybe. Well, I'm going to give you a chance oh, to, oh, t- to tell us. Yeah, very yeah. Cool. But before we get to that, I wanted to ask. When did you come to UIUC and why Why did you come to UIUC? Why did I go to Illinois? Yeah, why did you go to the University of Illinois? Well, that's interesting. Yeah. My mother went to the University of Illinois. My father went to the University of Illinois. My brother went to the University of Illinois. And my uncle was a professor at the University of Illinois for 40-plus years. Fred Gottile, famous economics professor, brilliant man. Uh, so I grew up going to Champaign my whole life because I had family there. My cousins, my first cousins lived there. And so in my mind, I was pretty much always wanting to go to Illinois. I love the sports, yeah. love Illinois basketball specifically. Uh, so that's what brought me there. And it was a long time ago, my friend. I, uh, I started there in 1983, graduated, well, I guess, yeah, I graduated high school in 82, graduated Champaign in 86. And in those years, got to experience some of the best years of my life. You know, they say college should be a great experience for you because the reality is you learn more outside of the classroom sometimes than in the classroom. Yeah. And just through experiences I had at Illinois, I, it just made me a, a better person today for sure. And just it was a great experience. I had a, good, I had a great college experience. So it sounds like you had family go there and stuff. What did you sorry if you mentioned this, what did you study again? What you? I studied communications. Okay, cool. Studied communications. My first gig out of uh, college was in public relations, where I set up media across the country for different groups. And uh, then started a business doing investor relations, where I represented public companies. I'd been a, I'm a consultant, have been on my own for 29 years, long time. And uh, yeah, a lot of that, again, I, I bring back to, I was a communications major, and it gave me still diverse access to a lot of different classes. I had a minor in public relations. Public relations wasn't even a minor. They allowed me to choose the courses I felt were relevant for my minor, which was kind of cool. Yeah. So good experience at Illinois. <laughs> That's pretty interesting. A lot of fun. That's pretty interesting. And the question of the hour, I'm going to throw kind of three at you. So forgive me, I can restate them. But from your perspective, I think the most easy and intriguing one that, that you almost started on a second ago. From your perspective, what is Hash Wednesday? What is Hash Wednesday? Yeah. Well, Hash Wednesday when I was in college was the one day that you were able to smoke weed legally in a sense where the police, the campus police, professors, nobody cared for one day. And it was in the quad. And the quad is a big, beautiful, and you know, Cole, big beautiful area of grass surrounded by gorgeous architectural buildings of all the colleges all the classrooms and in the middle is this quad and the quad's a great place to lay out in the sun in the summertime chill and whatever hang with your friends but you can never smoke weed out there you couldn't but this day you could and not only could you but hundreds 
thousands of students and I'm sure educators, professors, and I'm sure many of the community of Urbana oh, yeah. and Champaign, everybody came together for this one day where originally apparently it started as a protest and there was many bash, they were called hash bashes yeah. around the country. And um, this started at, at Champaign in 1977. And here it was in 85 when, when I was remember it most. And it was just the biggest party day of the year. And it was insane because everyone appreciated it and no one frowned upon it. There weren't people walking around going, what are you doing smoking weed? You know, it's, you know. Yeah. You know, mind you, people were smoking weed everywhere, but they weren't doing it in public. And certainly yeah. not at college campuses. You couldn't. Yeah. So it was a, it was a great experience. One of the one of the fondest memories I had in Champaign actually was Hash Wednesday. Just from a f- pure fun. That's what college should be sometimes. Not always serious. Yeah. But do your work, get the grades. But there's always time for balance. But great time. It's so cool to hear about that. And I think it's so fitting that you are a part of the Cannabis Hall of Fame, considering that you <laughs> trailblazed with with you, you, you know, know what? your participation in these. It, you know what? I, it's interesting that you say that, but there's a lot of truth to that because, you know, that was a part of history. Uh, it's a part of cannabis history. It's a part of college, University of Illinois history. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. I, I'm lucky because it took me a long time to find that shift. I always wanted to work in cannabis because I always agree, agreed and believed in the medicinal benefits as well as the recreational benefits. I love them both. Yeah. And uh, so for me, I always thought, wow, it'd be great to be in that industry. And now I'm in it, so I'm blessed. And But I look at it as there were signs along the way that just led me to that place, to where I am in cannabis today, which allowed me to get access to now representing the Cannabis Hall of Fame and the relationships that that's opened up to, where now I'm being introduced to the largest of largest MSOs, the CEOs. I met Boris Jordan last week. Uh, from Cureleaf, uh, it's so it's been an eye opener. But ha- going back to Hash Wednesday, yeah, uh, great experience. Uh, it, it actually ended up causing a pretty funny experience in my life because if you remember what I said, my uncle was a leading professor. Everybody knew my uncle, mm-hmm. Professor Gatile, and all of a sudden, unless you want to tell what happened, but the next day, in the college newspaper, which is the Daily Illini. Page three is an article about Hash Wednesday. And in that article, I had the pleasure of not only being interviewed for Hash Wednesday, but they chose out of the thousands of people that were there that day, my picture. Yeah, which we're displaying it on screen right now. Oh, but you have the digitized version now. You should be showing the digitized version. Yeah, we'll we'll have it on screen right now so people can see. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, But just for, I wanted to show it so you and I can see As you can see, that picture of that young guy with his shirt unbuttoned. And it says about my name and says Tony Shore Jr. uh, Feeling the effects of marijuana. If you want to look at it. No, I know it. it. It's part of history. So um, I was featured in the Daily Illini, and all I could think about was my uncle, the professor, that he was going to be outraged. And uh, he absolutely just had a gas with it and laughed about it. And, uh, Do you remember when this photo was taken? Oh. You're sitting here smiling. I, I, you know what? I really do remember it. Now, I held on to that news article ever since then. We're talking 30-plus years yeah. now. 
I held on to that. Uh, I do remember it. I do remember taking the picture. Um, I, it wasn't until just this week that I remember actually talking to a reporter about it because the reporter, of course, was another college student who was a journalist major probably at the time and was the reporter. I never thought about him in my life since then. But when I knew you and I were going to talk about this, I went back and looked at the article and I noticed the reporter's name. And I thought, wow, I should reach out to this guy and see if he's even around. So I went to LinkedIn, found his name, looked him up, lives in Canada. He's uh, works for KPMG and it works in M&A, which is coincident that I'm in M&A, but it was funny. And I reached out to him and I said, I know this is really strange and out of left field, but you interviewed me on Hash Wednesday at Illinois. I was featured in it. Here's a copy of the article. I would love to talk to you about it because I'm going to be on a podcast and I would love to share any stories that you might have remembered. And he had one to share if I can take a Please. Yeah. Take and I want to say we have no time limits today, so we're taking as much time as we need. Yeah. Then I can light this up again. Oh, yeah, dude. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. So. First off, this reporter who's now, you know, he's, a, he's in business in Canada. He couldn't have been more happier to talk about that day because mm-hmm. he said it was one of his fondest memories when he went to school. But it was the complete opposite of the reason why it was, should I keep rolling? So what was cool was he said, like I started to say, it was a different fond memory. For me, it was, I got high with my buddies. We did things like, there was a 10 foot bong. I said, okay, we'll talk about that in a minute. There was crazy stuff going on there that day. We can, I can give you a lot of details that are, are ingrained in my brain. Cause you don't lose your memory because of this. You just remember, you remember all the good memories. Exactly. So it's perfect. Uh, so uh, I, he says to me, that he came to Illinois, he grew up in Hinsdale, Illinois, mm-hmm. came to school, never drank, never smoked, never was around it. And he was actually an engineer major, uh, but he was covering sports for the Daily Alignment. But they asked him to cover some event called the Hash Wednesday. He had no clue what it was about. <laughs> I mean, he had no clue. And he shows up to this massive party of kids his age and I'm talking thousands, not hundreds, of kids smoking weed and bongs and joints and bowls. You know, pipes were a big deal back then. Definitely big, fat, thick bowl. I mean, people still love it. Yeah, yeah. Still I love do the too. old school yeah. pipes. People do. Yeah. Uh, but this, as he tells me recently, he remembers that he was in shock. He couldn't believe it. And he said, though, what he also remembers, though, is everyone was so nice to him and saying, hey, you want some? Yeah, take yeah. a hit. Take a hit. You know, and I, he goes, he didn't partake because it wasn't his thing. But he says it was a great memory. And everybody he interviewed, he would ask him what school they were in at Champaign, what, what age they were in, and sometimes where they were from. Because when any good reporter, they have to have the background information so that when they do the story, they have that. Right. So mind you, this kid has never been in an, exposed to anything like this before. So he gets these great stories and all these great pictures and gets all the names of each one. Like he got mine in that article. Yeah. And he goes back to his editor and he shows him the list in the article. And he goes, he goes, Seth, he goes, he goes, do you know 
what this guy's name is? He goes, what? He goes, read his name. He goes, Jerry Garcia. He goes, Jerry Garcia. The editor goes, do you know who Jerry Garcia is? He goes, no. He goes, dude, that guy was messing with you. Jerry Garcia, Grateful Dead. Yeah, right. You know, he was messed up. Right. He was stoned, having a great time. And he probably realized that you had no clue. Yeah. And he was right. So it was kind of a funny memory of his that, you know, Jerry Garcia, it's kind of a little funny story. That's but yeah, hilarious. Hash Wednesday was a trip. It was, uh, it was, it was crazy. They had live bands that were just jamming out there. It was, uh, it was Hare Krishnas. I don't know if you guys know who Hare Krishnas were. No. So uh, it's a group of religious people that go out and give out pamphlets, free pamphlets. And they uh -huh. go out, they're in white gowns and it, it, it's a cult. Yeah. To be honest. Sure. And, uh, that they were out there. By the way, that was Hare Krishna's is a thing from the '60s, just so you know. Yeah. So if you go back and you look at the shit from the '60s, that was a big deal. And uh, there were all the kids were like dressed as flower children. You know, everyone wanted it. You know, that's the thing. We miss the '60s. I know you guys way miss the '60s, yeah. but we just missed growing up really in the '60s to experience. You know the things that happened. So that was our day to sort of feel like we were hippies. You know? mm -hmm. We can just like be cool. And it, should I keep talking? I feel like I'm no, over. No, dude, I'm not bro. Even giving you, this is your show and I don't I'm, shut up. I, this is what this okay. is all about, right, dude. Cool. Keep going. This is right, good then, for history. Okay. You know what I mean? So speaking of history, which is, thank you for that segue. Yeah. And that is, we're going for a world record that day at Hash Wednesday for the most consumed Little King Bears. Now, you guys probably have no clue who Little King is. No. no These I guys have no clue who Little Kings are. <laughs> Little Kings are, was a very popular bear in the 80s. Okay. And it was, you would buy, like, I want to say it was a, tw a 12 or an 18 pack. It you wouldn't buy a six pack because they were mini bottles of beer. Yeah. And they were called Little Kings. It was just the brand. It was a very popular one. Mm -hmm. So Illinois decided on Hash Wednesday we were going for a world record, which we achieved that day, I believe. Yeah. You may have to go look it up. But we were going for that record. So lighter. another memory that um, stealing lighters is not my memory is that. <laughs> Did it fall uh, between your legs? What's that? Oh. There, yep, there you go. So. Uh, yeah, so we were going for Little Kings. And he, what this reporter reminded me of was mm -hmm. he goes, I remember kids were eating bowls and bowls and bowls of cereal, and they were using the Little King beer instead of milk. In the cereal. That's funny. Because <laughs> it was all, they were just fucking stone and right, having right. a good time. Hash Wednesday was a great memory. You know, it, nobody really cared that it was about anti-weed um, or pro. It wasn't about that to us. I guess originally that's really what it was designed to us. It was just a great party day. Big party day. But in retrospect, it was 100% us protesting the legalization of marijuana and why it should be legalized. Right. Because we were basically saying, hey, we're doing it today. Yeah. It wasn't like the University of Illinois said, here, this is your day to do Hash Wednesday. No. Right. The kids, the students, probably a lot of grad students, <laughs> um, pushed for this day and continued that tradition year after year, you know, until I know, I don't even know when it stopped, but it stopped, which is really unfortunate because it stopped probably just prior to the legalization of where yeah. we are today. So 
Yeah, I think it I, seems to have stopped around maybe 2005, 2006. That maybe I don't know. Maybe it pushed a little bit further, but um, you mind if I try one of your joints and Are I'll roll, kidding, roll I, up I was, one for you? Please. Cool. Um, uh, so thank you, man. Um, Wait, just so you know, because I don't want to get off track here, but... Cole's trying to make me out to be the celebrity, but the cool thing is few things. One, coming into this place today, he said, oh, are you here for the dispensary or the bakery? And I said, actually, I'm here for first the dispensary. Then I'm going to go into the consumption lounge. I'm here for a podcast. I was like, oh, I saw somebody setting up. You know, what do you guys got going on? I said, oh, I'm, I have a podcast with this guy. His name is Cole. He's got uh, a podcast called Chillinois Podcast. And he's like, oh, the Cole memo? Yeah. This is a true story. He just said that in he there? He just said it. We'll pull him in here if you need to. <laughs> wow. I go, yeah, this is the dude. I go, you got to come in here and say hey to him. So that's the thing about you, Cole. And then when I met you, what I thought in my mind is this guy's an influencer. He talks my language. I don't give a shit that he could, could be my son as far as age because doesn't matter <laughs> it doesn't matter it just doesn't matter because what matters is how two people get along you know and how people relate to one another yeah and like i said before i met you i was appreciating your work because I, I i dug your whole attitude and i dug the who you had as guests you've had some pretty high profile people on yeah you've had some every average day consumer on there who uh -huh. wants to smoke um, I don't know if that deer thing has happened yet, but I want to see the deer. You're, oh, yeah, yeah. You're gonna happen. chilling with deer. I don't want to give away something. No, I mean, it's okay. We, yeah. Chilling with live deer. Like, yeah, there was why? just like deer next to me while I was podcasting. We were smoking <laughs> weed. Crazy. Yeah. But I like that you, you're willing to go out there and meet with people. I know you do a lot where you'll do it by Zoom and you'll do it that way, which is cool because you can't be everywhere all the time. But now I'm starting to see you at different places and, you know, and plus... You know, you're doing your podcast from cool places. Oh, I have another story to share. Yeah. History. You want to share some history? Yeah. Cole just recently did a show where he was in Washington, D.C. Yes. In this episode of The Cole Memo, I'm coming to you from the heart of our nation's capital in Washington, D.C. While I will not be storming the capital in today's episode, I think that the conversation we're going to have today will take you by storm. And which, which I love that whole that whole the whole vibe of that scene <laughs> but it brought back great memories for me yeah because i remember smoking this is before it was legalized smoking a joint mm -hmm. literally across the street from the white house going like this and smoking in the white house right there now i would have used my phone to take a sure, picture sure. but they didn't have phones with right. pictures when I was there. <laughs> so you had to take a mental picture. So I had that mental picture <laughs> yeah, yeah. forever in my life. But because it, it was kind of like my own little minor protest to legalization of cannabis. It was saying, come on, DC, make cannabis legal. Yeah. You know, I remember that. So, yeah. so anyway, yeah, that's cool as fuck. Washington's man. a great place to go if you haven't been. You, yeah. you really feel the power of these buildings that you've. You could see it on TV a million times. You know, it's like the Grand Canyon. Have you ever been to the Grand no, Canyon? No, I need to go. You have to go to the yeah. Grand Canyon. Yeah, no, it's like literally it's on my Forget list the pictures, next summer. especially when you sit back and you yeah. maybe pop a few edibles before you go there. <laughs> Hell yeah. Or whatever Hell yeah. you like to partake. Right. Because it's a little hard to find to, because there's so many people around. It's sometimes hard to consume like mm -hmm. flour. Mm -hmm. Of course, there's people like me who... 
just do quick it. one yeah. hit, yeah, yeah. one <laughs> hit to chill them, and I'm good. Right. For I mean, for that moment. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And but I'm telling you, Grand Canyon is something that you can see pictures for a thousand times. You can see on TV. It doesn't do anything until you're there. Yeah. Uh, it's sort of like Hash Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hell unless yeah. you were there, it's like. Well, and one of the things you were saying that uh, with Hash Wednesday, uh, the the picture of the the guy hitting the huge bong. You said you're not just any guy. My best friend. Oh. Turns out, when I, I reached out to some of my buddies and I said, "Hey, I'm doing a podcast about Hash Wednesday. If anybody happens to have any photographs, send them in." So three different people sent me pictures, which I've subsequently sent to you. Yep. And one of them is a picture of my buddy Rick Aronson where he is standing atop of another friend of his. I just realized that. Smoking. I thought he was on a ladder. I didn't realize he was on the <laughs> shove his shoulders. Smoking a 10-foot bomb, 10 feet, lighting it up. It was, and I'll be honest with you, I've seen a lot of things in cannabis in my time. I don't think I have seen that since. <laughs> you know, like in our day, it was beer bongs. You know, that was a big deal, beer bongs. Yeah. But this was a 10-foot bomb. So that was out there on Hash Wednesday. Yeah, yeah that's my, my best friend to this day, 30 plus years later. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, wow. So many neat things that people were saying, in a way, we were protesting. It's funny. I'm thinking, I'm wondering if we even had signs that were protesting. And we might have protesting um, cannabis. I think you might see some in some of those photos. Yeah, I feel like uh, definitely in uh, some of the 80s, ones that yeah, i which is by the 80s yeah exactly that's what i was gonna say yeah, you uh, you'll we're see some weed leaf ones definitely. what were you saying no we were definitely protesting i guess you know i i just don't remember saying you know peace now freedom now it wasn't yeah. quite like that right now. right it was more like a silent and a and a having a good time protest. I, I would say that's civil right. disobedience you weren't that's chanting correct no chanting right you guys are just chilling. You're like, you're doing what we're doing now. And that's actually, you remember I told you I had something to tell you that yeah, I was saving to tell you, you on the did. podcast? You did say that. That's basically it. Right it's that, it's that, oh, uh, lighter. Where did I put it? We're just losing lighters today. They need, they need to have Found lighters it. around here. Here, wait, watch. <laughs> okay, go. <laughs> Anyways, um, that's funny. Uh, but so back in the day, you were consuming like it's normal. And here we are. Didn't I, I like I oh that I was consuming then and I'm consuming now. Well, well, you were doing this protest oh, right, before right. it was ever even legal, and here here we are today, and it's legal, and we're doing we're it just normal, place. like you were like you didn't even realize, but that's what you were fighting for. Yeah, and yeah. that is just really a cool point, and and so true. You know, I, I mean, I remember the first time I smoked. I was 13. I remember because I was high from my eighth grade constitution <laughs> test. Going back to history again. That's how I always gauge, like, how do I remember when I first smoking? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I had been consuming for a long time. But, you know, I, it goes to show you can be an achiever and a believer. Yeah. Smoking weed. You so know, if you just do things right. I'm curious just to take a minor step back. Sure, please. When and how did you hear about Hash Wednesday? That's my, that's like, oh, did you come to school knowing about no, it? No, no, no. How'd you know what? I it? wish I remember that. I don't know how I heard about it. And did you just end up there and you're like, oh, it's cool to smoke here? You know what? It was definitely <laughs> not like that. It was my, my fraternity loved to get high. We were okay. definitely one of the stoner. We were one of the stoner fraternities. And uh -huh. you know, we like to get high. Uh, so, I think it was just one of those well, you know what? They put posters up. That was a big thing back out there, you know. Yeah, I've you got only copies find, of the posters. You would have as like well. little flyers. Yep. You know, that was the only way to market. You didn't have the internet. 
You did not have emails. You didn't have cell phones to text everybody. You didn't have ways to tell everyone, hey, be here at this time, mm-hmm. unless you had a flyer hanging out at the different dorms and the different places around town. So that's how you came to learn about it. And then, of course, word of mouth was rapid. Yeah, yeah. I've got some in- invites that I can show you, maybe even some posters you might recognize. Very cool. Very um, cool. Uh, yeah, you just about lit the wrong end. That's sure. hilarious. Wouldn't have been the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that before. I've done that before. Um, I, you've pretty much described the atmosphere and vibe of Hash Wednesday, which was going to be my next question. I feel like through setting this all up, you have. But would you like to mention any other things that just should be noted about, like, help people put because they're they might be in their office right now trying to distract themselves for work or they're going through traffic or whatever. So take us back to hash Wednesday if you could I mean you you did a really good job of painting it I want to just say but like yeah what did you like what did you feel like we're we're here right now there's a concept of Xanadu right and Xanadu is like you're in your perfect place right and for me and at that time where it was a gorgeous weather day it was beautiful it was April and it was beautiful sunny and hot yeah and i know that from looking at the picture because my shirt was unbuttoned i was wearing shorts <laughs> i think some people were in jackets and gloves but that's different those were other they were on the other side in the shade probably yeah, yeah. it was a beautiful day truly i really remember that so it, like everything had the right vibe to it in that way and I, I remember a lot of music and bands and i remember one of my fraternity brothers joining sitting in on a group of guys that were playing like bongo drums and so forth. And he let, literally sat down with them and they like passed over a drum and it was like he was just playing and he was having a good time. Yeah. And it was just like that. But again, I don't want you to think it was like, yeah, a hundred people, a few hundred people. These were thousands of people that yeah. were there that day. So that was a big deal at the time. So it was just the atmosphere was we should be able to smoke weed wherever we want not hurting anybody we're not screaming there's no fights that's the other thing there's never fights you didn't see people pushing each other to get to the next spot yeah it's just whatever were there ever any issues at all like during your time at hash wednesday not any that i remember i mean maybe a few kids passed out it would have been the only problem i would have thought i mean there was too high, couldn't handle, probably sleeping. Arrests? There was no arrests in my time. The arrests started, I heard, like four years after me or so, they started to try to break it up a bit. So, you know, it was sort of sparingly. I mean, I think of like Lala today, Lollapalooza, you know, there's there's not as many arrests as there should be for what goes on there. If you've ever been to Lala, have you ever been to Lollapalooza? No. You gotta go to Lollapalooza. Yeah. But it's a great place. Great experience. The only negative is um, people tend to overdo it because it's young kids. It's uh, usually under 18. Under 18. So you have a lot of under 18-year-olds doing a lot of stuff too early, too fast. So they're getting so messed up that they're, like, passed out or throwing up all over the place. And, I mean, damn. this is all over Lollapalooza. But you don't get the, as many arrests because it, they sort of know what's happening. That's what happened with the Hash Wednesday. Nobody was getting... Yeah, by the way, nobody was getting sick. Nobody was passing out. It wasn't like that. Yeah. There were no fights. But I heard like four years later, they started to try to arrest a few people here and there for whatever reason. Yeah. Interesting. 
And I'm curious to take us back to that photo again for a moment. You weren't like concerned about being put into a newspaper at that age, dude. I just feel like so, a lot of stoners no. back then would be like, like Remember, you said, they give a I, fake name, Jerry Garcia and stuff. Totally. Right? First off, if you guys haven't noticed, I love the camera. Yeah. I'm not afraid to talk to anybody. <laughs> yeah. So that started young. That's one thing. I was an actor wannabe when I was younger. We could talk about that sometime. I think we talked briefly about it earlier. <laughs> um, an actor wannabe. And, uh, but you know what? I didn't care at the time because remember, there was no internet. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, where's this newspaper going? It's the college newspaper. I was, I was thinking, if anything, people would be like, hey, I, I remember you. I saw you on, in the paper, you know? I will tell you, nobody ever did. Nobody ever said, hey, I saw that thing on the paper. It was more of a, hey, did you guys see me in the paper? Oh, nice. Okay. I was really proud of it. I thought it was kind of cool. And, uh, you know, I remember my uncle. I was like, was well, he going to be worried? My family, they weren't. They weren't concerned about it. So, and, you know, years later, here I am. And a lot of my friends said to me, now that I got the digitized version, and now that you're in the cannabis industry, you should almost post that in your LinkedIn profile somewhere to show that look at the evolution. It's really what you wanted to talk to me about the evolution. Here you were protesting it in a way in college and all these years later, and boom, all of a sudden you're in the industry, you yeah. work in the industry, in the legal market. And, uh, it's kind of full circle and it's kind of cool. And, but so, yeah, yeah. I, I love where cannabis is today. As far as an acceptance level, we have such a long way to go. Uh, but, you know, now it's it's the moms that are doing edibles. It's true story. I don't mean to throw anybody under the bus, especially family. But my mother, lover, 87 years old. She gets together with a group of friends and they play a game called Mahjong. Yeah, yeah. You've heard of it. Okay. So they love playing it. Every week they all look forward to it. They get together at someone's house and they play Mahjong. And she said early on... They would, you know, talk about this and talk about that. And one time somebody brought up cannabis and they said, God, you know, does, does anybody do cannabis? No, wait, nobody thinks it. Every single one of them did edibles, <laughs> wants to get a hold of some. My mom, who, you know, will, will have like a disposable vape once in a while. <laughs> so she has. <laughs> My point is 87 years old. This is true freaking story. It's more accepting now, you know, and they grew up in, you know, 50s and the 40s, you know, so it's kind of cool for them that they're all doing it, you know, and and it's not, oh my God, we're doing something illegal. Right. It's very legal. Oh, right. Thank you. No, we you're all want, good. We may want that. Yeah, we may want that. No, but I, I just have to, I don't mean to dwell on this too much, but you were just so ahead of your time and the, the photo thing just really sticks out to me, dude, because you not only did you give your real name, but you just like stood there with the, as they say, I paraphernalia. Proud. I was proud. I was, I, I honestly was because you know what? The more we talk about it, you know how the brain works. Memories are coming back to you. Yeah. And, and as we're talking about it, I'm thinking, I remember why I was proud of it because I was saying, this should be legal. There should be nothing wrong. And we are having the best time. And I remember thinking like, I'm like representing, you know, this and I'm representing that, you know, and it is funny because you think about repercussions and I haven't thought about this until just now. That's what I, that's oh, here's why a repercussion. I'm like... I was actually, uh Oh, 
I don't know if I should admit this, but I was actually part of the Student Government Association back in Champaign. Okay. Uh, as And why I was because I was, I interviewed to be part of a committee that was called the Assembly Hall Advisory Committee. Assembly Hall, you know what Assembly Hall is. Yep. Yep. Now called the State Farm Center. Right. And Assembly Hall, where I was one of four students who represented the 37,000 population of students to come in each week and talk about Assembly Hall and how it should be used and what kind of concert should come in there, and what mm -hmm. kind of theater should come in there, and how do we get more students involved. And, and then I was, it was fortunate I got to learn about it anyway. Here I was a member of the Student Government Association. Yeah. I could have, that could have been a detriment and they could have thrown me off. They never did though. Don't that's, take it away from me. You know, that's so, Good memory. that's really cool. I'm glad you brought it up. And I had some great, I had, champagne was great for me. I was a bartender at Champagne, a bar called Cam's. And if anyone's ever been in Champagne, yeah. everyone knows Cam's. It's, it was, it's just, you know, it's crazy about Cam's bar. now is that there's a dispensary right next to Cam's now. Isn't that cool? So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I have uh, some friends who've opened up some dispensaries in Champagne. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's if cool. If you ever want to talk to them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Cloud Nine, Cannabis. New Era has a location mm -hmm. there. Yep. Some good places there. I wish they had dispensaries. The New there. Era is actually the one I was talking about that's oh, yeah. right next to Cam's. Yeah. I didn't realize that. I've yeah. not been there yet. Yeah. It's like you so, literally walk out of Cam's, awesome. boom, New Era. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah. That's good to you know. So when I was in Champagne, there was one smoke shop. Yeah. And I remember going up the stairs to it all the time. And was it called, can I guess, was it called Undercover? What was it called? Was it called Undercover? It wasn't. Oh, I think Undercover, but I think it's the exact same location. Okay. Because if, you, if you're thinking of a place that you have to go upstairs and then, mm -hmm. then it took over that spot. I yeah. forgot what it was called. It wasn't called that. God, I wish I could remember what it was called right yeah. now. But uh, yeah, that was our place where we got all our pipes. Mm -hmm. rolling papers and bongs and but you know then it was you know you had to figure out how to get weed yeah <laughs> just hopefully your friends right so, fortunate friends quick question about that please did you have to were you allowed to call it a bong or did you like when i when i was growing up and like finally turned 18 and again the weed part was still a the the part that was hard but i could go into like a head shop and i but you had to call it a water pipe you couldn't call Money. it a bong if you you had it, to call it when you went into the place? Yeah, like if you were like... culture? Yeah, yeah. If you were like, I want that bong, they'd be like, that's a water pipe. They'd be, okay. And they'd kind of warn you. Here, I'll tell you, you know? why. It's interesting. Well, yeah. some smoke shops, mm -hmm. or whatever you want to, some smoke shops are trying to deter you yes. from either wanting to consume cannabis. Yeah. Or they're saying, I don't even know if you're legal to buy cannabis. I can sell you this either way, but it's you, we don't want this because we want you to know that this is to be used for either tobacco products, mm -hmm. which to me is more harmful than cannabis, if you want to know the truth. Sure. And um, but yeah, we know it was always bongs, bongs, bongs. Yeah, we Very never cool. called it vapor. You know. But you weren't like, I guess my question is, you weren't like being. Uh, facetious about the fact of what you planned like it was all it was right no it was accepting in that place at a college campus because it was the only place that had that and you know it it wasn't like it, it was as years went on when there were multiple smoke shops and places grew and it was different no you were able to say bong and cool bong. that's cool you know i mean yeah 
Yeah, and just my final note on the picture thing, because like even growing up before, so like I say, before it was even legal here, for example, because I was I had traveled to Colorado for a few years before it was legal here because I was of age and I was like, that's pretty cool that I could just drive across a line somewhere. It's closer than Amsterdam. Yeah, yeah. At the time, <laughs> yeah, closer than Amsterdam. Then now, of course, we've got <laughs> Michigan, but uh, like, right. but it was the closest place at the time. To your point, so yeah, closer than Amsterdam. I didn't have to freaking fly, and I could drive back. I just had to be careful. Um, but anyways, right? <laughs> right. Uh, so uh, the the thing about it that I found interesting. Um, was that even though I went there and consumed legally, I would not post a picture on my social media, even if it was in a legal state. Now, some people would because they just don't Absolutely. care or whatever. But at that point in my life, even though it was legal, it's like I'm still trying to build professional rep, you know, and it's so for you and your youth. That's why I do have dwelled on this. Well, like you were just like, this is what I believe is right. And you you're like, yeah, take a picture. You know, again, there was no Internet. Right. You know, and so that's a big difference. I wonder. Well, I was saying earlier, all my friends are saying I should post that article and that story to sort of show the history of what you've done in cannabis. And I have it in my mind like you. Well, but I'm still a professional in the industry. So am I giving myself my own sort of stigma and to my own? That doesn't make sense. Right, if I'm right. like, screw yeah, you, yeah. everyone wishes monk it. Right? Yeah, yeah. And it is legal. Yeah. Yeah. So um, just an interest. That's why it, good that's why it struck me. So I, I, if I you're like wondering you why, think, I was <laughs> like way ahead of the next person, right? you know, it's not just so obvious. Nothing's obvious with you, is it, Cole? <laughs> I I sometimes I like to have a few tricks up my sleeve, but okay. uh, but today is so straightforward. Like I said, uh, what do you think the impact? Do you think there was an impact for uh, with regard to Hash Wednesday on the campus culture, but like the culture, like how far, yeah, if you could answer well, that question. You know, the way I would say it has an impact is those college students today are some of the CEOs of MSOs here in Chicago. They got into the industry. They didn't maybe get into the industry because they were at Hash Wednesday, but they had an inherent belief system that it was okay. So I think that being part of that history and still being through it today and fortunately being in a time where it's now legal, uh, which is fantastic time to be in. Yeah. Do you know CEOs that went to champagne or hash Wednesday? And I only ask that because, uh, there's a lot of synchronicity in champagne and I could name a few off the top of my head if you're curious, but I just wanted to ask you since you'd mentioned that. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll just say that there's, people that I know in the cannabis industry that work for these oh, large okay. state operators yeah. that I went to school with or yeah, you know, there's connections. Not have... and, and you know what? The whole, the whole thing is that you have to believe in something, not because someone tells you to believe it. Yeah. It's like quitting something. You can't, you're not going to quit smoking. You're not quit drinking. You're not going to quit eating, whatever your vice might be. You're not because someone tells you it's wrong or right. You have to want to do it. So it's the same for wanting to partake. You have to want to do it. So um, I just think that it's a great time where there isn't as much of a stigma anymore. There really isn't. Where I can sit and talk at a table anywhere about it and it's accepting. It's actually accepting for me to pull out how many times I've done this. Take out my little vape, take a hit at the table, and 
somebody across the table who, you know, another couple whoever I'm with says, hey, can I take a hit of that? And in my mind, I'm like, oh, I didn't even know you would. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's all accepting. And mm -hmm. I think we're in a good time for that. I think there's still a lot of room for growth in that as well. Uh, there's a lot of skepticism still out there. Um, and but I think we're in a good I think we're in a good time. I think it's yeah. a great culture because more and more consumption lounges like this one, which is OK Cannabis, it's called in Wheeling, which is incredible and beautiful. Uh, you can come in here and hang with people where you may not want to smoke at home. Some people don't want to. Here's an interesting thing about me. I never smoke weed in any house apartment since college ever. When I lived alone, when I, when I lived with my kids, when I got divorced and I had my own, I never smoked in the house. So consumption lounges give you that place to smoke. Now, I always step outside in my garage or step sure. outside, but whatever. Um, but that's what's cool about consumption lounges. Mm -hmm. Dude, yeah. And that it's, you know, it, it's, it's the way it should be. You should be able to just go and hang, just like you would go and hang at a bar and watch a there's great large screen TVs here, mm -hmm. you know, to put on football games. If you want to sit instead of drinking, yeah. you can consume. But I like that you great. can drink as well. Cause I personally like to have a, just a, maybe a drink or two and right. you can, you can walk drink. next door. Now I'm not sure if you can bring it in here. The oh. alcohol. I'm oh. not sure. I'm not we'll sure. Either. Check on maybe that. it's on the rules. But over there is there. a bar here yeah. at OK Cannabis. Which so yeah, Tony was correct. I'm displaying the rules right now, and uh, they seem pretty strict about the alcohol and cannabis consumption. It says any guest observing, any guest observed consuming alcohol at the bar will not be allowed to partake in cannabis. Further, it looks like only cannabis purchased the same day at OK may be consumed in the lounge. I brought my own homegrown. Um, so just want to say that those two rules are pretty fucking lame. Um, I mean, I, I get the spirit of the, don't bring your cannabis, your own cannabis. Cause you can't really bring your own beer to a bar, but man, that's such a fucking lame rule. Both those rules are super lame. Uh, but my my point in bringing this up wasn't to tell you my opinion. It was to kind of just provide some facts behind what we were just discussing. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Just gorgeous. And a, like a restaurant and a beautiful bakery. Mm -hmm. I mean, they have several locations. This is, I thought, this is a commercial floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just a great place. It well, really they're is. the background. They, they can take it. I, you know, I love, I, Scott is really cool. Scott's uh, such a come, great He guy. came on the podcast. Scott Weiner. He's you a know, solid restaurateur. He took some tough questions from the Chillinois podcast and he handled them well. And then he invites us like this. That's why you respect somebody like he that. He was you know? so excited so, that you were coming here today. Yeah, he's, su he's super cool. He yeah. And I texted cool. when I texted him in the past about doing a podcast, he was open at the time. We didn't have it. it it's the size the stars aligned with this one, my friend. I'm so glad. I'm so glad I stopped you that day on the I am too, man. I mean, it was a no brainer for me because, you know, here's a little more for your ego. I'm not a celebrity three seeker or like an athlete, take a picture with me kind of guy. But if I ever see a celebrity or an, specifically actors and actresses, because I love theater. Yeah. Or if I see an athlete or somebody that I or somebody I really like, I will take the time and I'll ask if I could take a picture. Now, we didn't take a picture that day, but I stopped because I wanted to appreciate you for what you do. Yeah. And I knew you'd be a good guy to know. Yeah, well, <laughs> and to have a joint with, or three today. You yeah, know, that's always three, good. maybe good five. Good people. 
we'll see. Uh, I said three, maybe five. We'll see. Right. Um, uh, no, thank you again. Thank you again. And I'm curious, you know, just a little bit more to that last question. And I actually hadn't asked. I've only interviewed one participant so far. I've got okay. a few more participants. You're my second participant nice. so far in Hash Wednesday. And they always all... say save the best for second, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're all from like, a, I think the next two will be from your time period as oh, well. So cool. I can I can say one of the person's name is Joshua Sloan. I don't know if you knew Josh him. Josh Sloan. Um, I, can, I can maybe show pictures uh, later. Yeah. Maybe he wasn't. I think it was actually 1983. So Interesting. Yeah, but anyways. Um, cool. I wanted to ask just kind of in the spirit of my last question, uh, which it was kind of about the impact. And I, I didn't ask the last participant this question. It just kind of came up. Do you think people forgot about Hash Wednesday? That's a great question. I, every time I brought it up to them about this podcast or I've shown them that article, yeah, they all immediately say, "Oh my God, that's one of my favorite memories yeah. of college." I mean, I mean but, the culture, though. You know what I mean? Because we, we all, I, I feel like people know about the hash bas- bashes. They think like Michigan and like California and stuff like that. But do you think like people does forgot it have that about same hash- following and memory? And- yeah. Do you think it, like the cannabis? Like, there's it's a, a little section on a Wikipedia page somewhere. I don't know. I like because when I Google question. it, I only find the News Gazette articles or little this or that. You know, from WCIA which are local publications, but I'm wondering if the broader community at large forgot about Ash Wednesday. I mean, it's a great question, Cole. I, I, I think that the people that were there will always remember it. Sure. In some people's mind, it, it, they haven't thought about it yeah. ever. I bet on, I bet when it comes to 420 and at, for me, it's every day when it hits 420, but I'm talking about like that April 20th. Sure. People think about it. Yeah. You know, and they're like, ah, that was a great time. I hope so. And I hope that maybe even through this podcast that we're doing, that people will realize the magnitude of what it meant to the culture, to the future yeah. of cannabis from a protest in a very positive manner, in a loving manner, and a hell of a good time way. And, you know, that... It does lend to, I mean, we're in a bad time where there's a lot of stuff going on bad in the world and there's a lot of protests that are going on in the world and there are ways to protest peacefully. Yeah. There just are. Yeah. And you guys were, that was civil disobedience at its, at its finest, like I said. And um, yeah, so I realize that that's a tough question. And I, I wonder though, really where I was coming from with that question and it's hard for you to answer because you don't know what you don't know, but, uh, and how would you know? Uh, but I'm so glad you brought that story up earlier because it actually does kind of answer my question now that I think about it. The story about the journalist you connected with, as he said, he didn't consume, but it was impressed upon him that it wasn't really like it wasn't that crazy. No, you know, it didn't seem like it was that crazy. And that's cool to hear. Like, that's kind of what that question's based in. Like, how were other people impacted that weren't? Yeah, well, he was a perfect person to ask. And he said he does remember how everyone was so nice and caring and friendly and offering him and offering anybody. And it didn't matter if you were a stranger. Mm-hmm. And, and again, that goes back to where cannabis is today from, certainly I know in the cannabis business community, Cole and I have, you know, we've been around the, the cannabis business community. It's a great culture of people. It's bringing business, Wall Street, culture, diversity, all in now in one industry that's still so new, has so much growth potential. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's exciting. It really is. And uh, to ha- be a part of, you know, I never, you know, until you and I really talked about it, I never thought about me being part of history. But you are. being in Hash Wednesday and having the newspaper to back it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, is being part of history. It's, it's exciting. It's cool. I love being part of history. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know if you've seen it, but I'll definitely share it with you. I'm creating a document and, and where it starts is in 1979 with the Cannabis Control Act. But now I'm going to be able to add because there's just not a lot of cannabis history before, like to a certain point, uh, you know, recorded major milestones in Illinois cannabis history. But because I'm recovering these stories, I will be adding to that and be, being able to share these newspaper clippings and it's really just going to be something special i'll be giving you a free copy of I it bet. Uh, That'll be but cool. uh so um see now you're making history yeah i'm trying to collaborate i, mean, I, know, I yeah. feel like you know that it's so important yeah. and you know and it comes from a perspective that's not uh for a power for a brand other than his own um you know it's not to promote this brand or that brand and it's not to hey cannabis is great and i want you to do it it's you know and the way to know it, yeah, just no, understand and appreciate it, and certainly appreciate that you have the freedoms today that it's legal to consume. It's the yeah. best. Yeah, and the way I'm approaching this, not to, to put too much time into this, we'll get back to Hash Wednesday in a second, but I've actually been releasing the document completely for free for folks. So if you don't even want to listen to my podcast, you can just download the document and listen to it. But what's cool about the document is, is it has citations for everything you read in the document, right? And so the first version of the document, which is public, it's episode 232 of our of the Chillinois podcast. So if you'd like to check that out, go back to episode 232 of the Chillinois podcast. You can still find it at chillinois.net. Um, there's a document that you can download for free and you can listen to a podcast where we go through that document. So you can kind of listen along. We add a little bit to it. We watch some videos, which you know, are included in the citations. If you look up anything, again, there's citations for everything we put in that document um, because we got to give credit where credit is due to the journalists that put in that hard work, right? It's all about credibility. Yeah. So integrity and and doing it the right way. Cole, you do it the right way. Thanks. And and no, it's true. And it, uh, you know, it's so cool. The only thing is you send so many teasers out that I can't stop because I always want to see what the rest of that episode looks like. like well, you got to wait two weeks or, you know, sign up here and yeah. it's great, but it's like, you know, you've, you're doing a great thing. Cole. Yeah. Seriously. No, I appreciate you saying that because, uh, some people have asked me about that. And again, we'll get back to hash Wednesday, but thank you for letting me, I always love the, appreci- uh, the opportunity to take on that, like that, because I will release everything for, for, for on my Patreon first. Right. And so if you follow us on Patreon, I'm just putting them out like that. You know what I mean? Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of podcasts coming out. Um, but I will release the podcast publicly, yeah, at a later date, like you say. So, for example, that Jordan Davidson one that you referenced in Washington, D.C., it's on Patreon now. Um, and I'm actually going to release it publicly next week. So I'm going to have shorter release schedules to address that because I've heard it before. Uh, but the other thing I wanted to just say for folks, cause I really am glad to take on this. Like it, it just like with travel and this equipment, which as you can see, it's not crazy fancy right now, but my time and everything else, it costs a lot. So folks, my uh, selfish plug, if you're able to support me, that's what the Patreon's for. You get instant access to all my content, but you also support me, which helps me to continue doing all this. It's the slash Patreon. Um, 
that's why I do it that way though. It's just cause like I always uh, release it all for free ultimately, but I wanted to give people the opportunity to support me. And frankly, I need the support in many ways because the gas, I mean, I just went to Nevada and then Chicago, then Carbondale, uh, I was. I get, I'll that. tell you off air. I, I have two cannabis CEOs that I've driven to Chicago to, and they've had emergencies come up, so we've had to reschedule. So I've driven to Chicago twice, only to have to go back. Oh, yeah. Well, in the future, I'll always have people for you to talk to in Illinois cannabis. I, okay. Yeah. Any any anywhere you want to be, I think I have. Yeah. No, we had talked about this. We yeah. definitely have to get connected, like with. But we'll we'll talk about that off air. But uh, just to back, <laughs> just to get back to Hash Wednesday. Um, I, I, you've kind of answered it and it's kind of already there. I feel like I said it myself, but if you have anything to add, could you share any insights into how hash Wednesday may have influenced your personal or academic, uh, life? You know, I actually said academic life. I meant to say your personal or professional life going forward. Like after you left UIUC and I feel like we've kind of already really answered that but how did Hash Wednesday stay with you and well you know it stayed with me definitely with that article of history that I kept right carried with me through the years and whenever Hash Wednesday would come up I would show people that article so um, it definitely stayed with me and uh, because I've always enjoyed cannabis through the years it's it certainly stayed with me in my memories and in my sounds kind of dramatic but in my heart and all that but it, it's definitely was a part of me and you know looking back at it really since you and i started speaking about it um gave me the opportunity to sit back and pause and realize the importance of it as part of history and the protest of what it was because you know i guess even i'm taking it almost granted today that we're in a legalized world uh I never thought, I, like I said earlier, I never thought I'd see that in my lifetime. So it's amazing that we're all living in that time now. It should be accepting. You know, it should be welcomed. It should be a fantastic way for people of all cultures and diversity to come together to make money in an industry that's in its infancy stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's cool. So did it have an impact on me? I think it must have because, you know, I, you know, I love always telling stories. Uh, I was fortunate to tell that story about Hash Wednesday through that paper article. Uh, I've told it since I've gotten into cannabis industry many times. Uh, so I guess it definitely has had an impact on me. Yeah. Uh, has it had an impact on the world, how it might have walked away? I don't know. For some people, it might have been just a great freaking day to party and it's a great memory and, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, you know? Yeah, and... Uh... So I want to roll up a joint for, to close this one out. Um, I feel like these are some good big picture, you know, just a good big picture thing to close out that I asked the first participant and I did, I did, this came up with my interview during the first participant. It's a question that I honestly have been asking in the Chillinois podcast a lot, but it's something I continue to plan to ask a lot on the Cole memo as well. It's like, Will you be my sidekick? Will you do the show with me going forward? Sure, Cole. I'll go with you and I will sit in that car. We will drive to Nevada together. You need a partner. I'm here for you. No, well, I know gonna... that wasn't what you were <laughs> No, but it, so <laughs> that's hilarious. Yes, like, we'll, we'll have to make something like that happen. Hell yeah. But um, uh, what I was going to ask is like when you were there, and so this is, this is going to be a conversation about, okay, it's legal now, but I like to talk about what I feel are the shortcomings of legalization, right? So 
one of the the jokes that I made to just make this kind of lighthearted, like people during Hash Wednesday were like, "All right, guys, let's legalize this stuff, but you should only be able to have an ounce, and you can't smoke in public places. You can only smoke in in lounges, right? Baby and you steps. can't grow on it. Baby <laughs> steps, Cole. I know. Listen." I agree, you know, and, you know, you open the floodgates, right? Let everybody do what they want to do. First off, everybody should have the one thing, you know, I've learned in life is you can control only two things. And that is what goes in your mouth and what comes out of your mouth. Those are the only things you can control. So when it comes to cannabis, if you choose to consume, you should have that right to consume, you know? You know, if you're not impeding on anybody or whatever, you should be able to consume. If you want to grow it because you want to consume it, you should be able to do that. That's just the reality of it. But what do you, why do you think that we didn't go all the way? You know what I mean? You said baby steps. Like what? But why aren't we at the bigger steps today, today, right now? And Yeah. And I know part of it is the Cole memo literally because they don't want like part of the cult, the, the policy that I'm referring to is, you know, they don't want diversion. And some people will argue that if you just go full fledged, like I'm talking, then, then product is going to leak out of the state. So I'll just, you know, lead with that. But like, why do you think, you know, cause I, I'm going to ask me my feelings. Yeah. I wanted to ask regu- federal regulation and is it important? And do you want to see cross branding states? <laughs> you want to talk about that? Or is that for another podcast? Well, no, we, we can, but I want to, I just want to, I think it's interesting that I mentioned the 1970, the cannabis control act of 1979, which was came into law shortly before you were, sounds like you were at the U of I. Yeah. Um, it's still largely in effect today. Like the Cannabis Regulation and Tax Act only made it so that 30 grams or less for in-staters like you and I. The crazy thing is out-of-staters, it's 15 or less. And if you get caught with more than that, it's not like it's just like, hey, it's it's a criminal offense or a, a citable offense. Uh, but in most cases, what I understand to be a criminal offense. And I guess that's really the heart of my question. It seems weird to me that, yes, I understand baby steps, but it just seems so crazy to me that the uh, the enforcement mechanism for cannabis is the criminal law. It's not like, you know, if you you, I've heard of people coming back from like Indiana or whatever with a bunch of cigarettes because they get it at a lower tax rate. And, yeah, you can get in trouble for that. But it's like a a tax issue. It's not a you're going to jail because you have all these cigarettes in the back of your car. Right. You know what I mean? Do you get where I'm coming from on that? Yeah, but the question, are you, I don't know if you're, there's a lot of things you're saying because crossing state lines is different than having I want to take more, that out of the equation. Sorry. Okay. But let's just in pretend. State, yeah, in state. You should be able yeah. to travel with as much as you want and consume when you want and where you want. And purchase as much as you want, you know. Completely agree yeah. with you. Yeah. Completely agree with you. I mean, and, and it's strange because when you go visit other states, you're like, oh, I'll just buy as much of this and that because they don't know. And well, actually, no, because if you're buying from dispensaries and your ID is there, they know in Nevada, as an example, that you bought X at this dispensary already. And so you can't just outbeat the system, you know. So, yeah, I don't think there should be regulations on how much one could buy. Just like you can buy 
five kegs, you can buy 12 cartons of cigarettes. Yeah. And you can drink that alcohol and get behind the wheel of the car and all those horrific things. I mean, but we have to, it's going to take time to get there from that side. Um, it seems that, again, more and more people's uh, past time that they spent in jail is being expunged more and more criminal ex you know that's a good thing from cannabis crime that they committed that shouldn't have been a crime that they did time that they shouldn't have done time there's way too many people that that have gone through that but that's starting to expunge so i think all the laws were soft will soften i will tell you this the police are softening a lot about it perfect example going back to benzinga mm -hmm. not even this year but last year oh i get one of cole specials yes oh i feel like i am some treat. home cultivated only by I myself to <laughs> just kidding home cultivated by myself as well so you no know, i i heard about that you talked yeah. about that before on your podcast i meant to ask you about that yeah so here's your experience is yours in a tent yep okay yeah. yep my nephew it's it's a really really actually a cool setup um it's like connected to the internet and such. We're in the future, but yeah. Um, Lovely. Sorry, I feel like I cut you off by giving you that joint. You were saying something. We were talking about shortcomings and getting there and. Well, I mean, I always say it, it doesn't, you want this bag? Want to, no, ooh, yeah, it's yours. Amazing. It's yours, bro. I'm not even just saying that. Yeah. That's how, that is sweet. Yes, it's good stuff. Uh, Homegrown is yeah, where I, it's at. That is solid. All right, so I would say to you that um, I hope those types of regulations free up just like you. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, it's not always what we want. It's just the laws are the laws, and you just got to work within them. It's like the whole regulatory. We work in a regulatory industry with cannabis. Some people would say you should have as many dispensaries as you want. You shouldn't be limited, you know. So there's different viewpoints to that. Sure. But then you have a supply-demand issue. So then it... And I was going to ask you economics. a little bit about that. I know that's a big topic and, uh, and such, but, uh, I did want to, that's, I think the topic that I'd like to close on, but, but yeah, that, that I, I get what you're saying. And I just hope that somebody, the reason I talk about this is because I hope that somebody, a legislator or even the community can put pressure on their legislators to attain what I would call actual legalization of cannabis like all these shortcomings I, whenever you're presented with them or we are presented with them rather um i think but i thought it was legal that's the thought that always comes up in my head so when they say cole you can only buy this much but i thought it was legal cole you can't smoke it out here but i thought it was legal cole you can't grow it unless you have a card but i thought it was legal like it Wait, that's that's did you think it was legal when it when they say when somebody says cannabis is legal in you Illinois, then assume i can smoke anywhere it's legal yeah, you I'm, think and i can have as much as i want and i can grow it and you think when you think legal right. you think like beer it should be you know and that's no, not I, what I it agree is with you, Cole. you know it really should be again it goes back to you're just consuming it for you yeah and you know and so you should be able to choose what you want to do when yeah. you consume and i will say our home grow laws are strong when you have the medical card what's that i'm i'm i am happy with our medical home grow laws they're yeah pre they're pretty decent like we could use a higher plant count definitely but as far as all of it goes what's cool about home grow in illinois 
is you are allowed to keep all amounts that you cultivate exceeding 30 grams as long as you secure them within the home. I'm like kind of loosely quoting off the top of my head the law. What that means is if you have a medical card and you grow at home. Which I do. Yeah, you have no possession limit at home. That's right. legalization, my friend. Well, that's the way it should that's be. That's the way it should be. Yeah, exactly. So be. I wanted to give credit where credit is due on our law. Yeah. You know, Listen, um, Illinois has done great things in cannabis as a state. Yeah. I hope you understand that what Pritzker did in first having really the first state to, to legalize it without requiring it to go through the processes by him making it legal, that's a big deal. That opened up a legalization. Yeah. I'll give credit on that in the sense that it's kind of funny. It goes back to the question I was asking you about the picture. The reason I started this podcast is because that law came into effect. Otherwise, I would, even though I had my card, I would not have started my podcast because it still was not. Exactly. Even though I could buy it legally and consume it legally, technically, at that point, it was not accepted enough to where I could. I wanted to start this podcast and say, hey, I'm Cole. By the way, I'm smoking because I have my medical card. I just felt like it was too much of a leap. And then when, so to credit to your, what you're saying is when legalization happened in 2019, that's when I started the show. Well, what's interesting is so. you had a medic card, you went to a dispensary to buy, or you were able to grow at home legally, and you didn't want to do the podcast because why? There was nothing illegal of what you were doing. Why were you holding yourself back from giving exposure to the normalcy yeah. of cannabis, which is one of the things I like so much about you, Cole, is there's people out there who don't realize how normal cannabis is. It's not yeah. a bad thing if you, you know, if you haven't tried it or if you haven't done it. Um, so you normalize it now because it's legal, but you wouldn't normalize it when it wasn't legal. Maybe it wasn't legal for everyone. That's the thing. And that's and, good. And that, no, but you're pointing out a good thing that I'm trying to that I've actually been trying to work on because uh, I've been trying to lead by example. So to your point, sometimes I would keep it back from my family that I talk about what I talk about and stuff. But now it's like, I talk to my grandma and I'm like, yeah, I just uh, interviewed Tommy Chong the other day. And Which she's like, great. Tommy Chong? And it's like, yeah, yeah, we smoke weed He's in together. the Cannabis Hall of Fame, by the way. He's oh, really? an inductee. Very cool. Yeah. But, but in the past, I may not have said that. So I've been trying to lead by example. And in fact, I've had professors decline me and sometimes accept me on this pitch that I make, which is like, look, we have to lead by example and we have to be honest about our drug usage and what we think about these substances. And if you do that, you will inspire other professionals to then come out and be like you did in the eighties. That's the thing to answer your question. It's just the stigma. There was still a very big stigma even when I had my medical card, because here's the thing I say, I have my medical card. And this is how stigmatized it was. People would be like, oh, for what? Right. And it's like, that's it's such an assumption. Yeah, an that assumption. That you really that, didn't have the medicinal need that you might have had. I yeah. hope you had, or now, do I hope you had? No. <laughs> yeah, no, but you get, <laughs> no, I get what I you're do. trying to say. Right, no, that's, I, I know when I got my medical card, the first question was, oh, can you pick up something for me at the dispensary? And I'm like, I can't. Yeah. But literally, that's what happened because, you know, there is still, there is a lot of people that consume. Yeah, which is great. I think we're in a good time. I think that uh, as far as regulations go from a legal standpoint of how much you can own and how much you can grow, those will soften up as time goes on. 
Yeah. Um, and that's why I bring it up to, to inspire people to keep that conversation going. And to close, it's something that you brought up that I, that I always talk about and, and I wanted to discuss license limitations, you know, and that's like you say, there are a few ways that that manifests itself. I actually don't know that I have an issue with the license limitations you were talking about, but I could be swayed. I actually, and I have been swayed in the past, but for the most part, I'm okay with per ownership license limitations because the idea behind them sounds nice. Of course, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, but the idea is like, uh, it's the idea that no one person's going to get bigger than anybody else by having per ownership limitations. But I think one of the biggest things, so that's something that I don't necessarily have an issue with that we have in Illinois and that exists, as you said, in other states. But uh, I do have an issue with, like, I hate that we've capped the number of licenses that have been issued. And the governor even addressed this at Benzinga. And he says, look, I, he said this a few times now at this point. But he says, look, I know that people say that we should have just issued a bunch of licenses. Uh, but the truth is, we were very meticulous. I'm very loosely quoting him. But we, were t we purposefully limited the license licenses so that when people got into the business, they could do so in a profitable way. And I think in other cases, he said, so they weren't edged out of the market, which is what you see in other states. He's not wrong. I've, you know, I, I happen to 100% agree with the governor. Yeah. So, if, I mean, I just so you know, yeah. Um, again, this is from a business standpoint, an yeah. industry that I work in and I talk about every single day because I put these buyers and sellers together of dispensaries, licenses to open up dispensary. Yeah. Do you think I recapped what he was saying pretty accurately? Very much so. Yeah. With that being said, is uh, limited licenses per group. Let's start off with limited licenses available to a state. Yes. If you please. have too many of something, the value diminishes. So you want to have greater value. That's first thing. Governor Pritzker was right by saying that they wanted to do it we want to make sure the logistics work. It's a lot of regulatory things. It's what's interesting about dispensary. People are concerned about bringing dispensaries into their neighborhood, but I would love to know about any other business that is open with cameras and security in every nook and cranny in a location, 24 hours a day. And if ever a camera goes off, everything shuts down. The police come right away. There is nothing more secure than a dispensary is my point. But yeah. going back to the limits, um, this is with the social equity licenses and the opportunity to open up dispensaries. It's giving a more diverse opportunity, a chance to grow in an industry, to be successful and make money. So the limits per group, you think it should be unlimited for company X to have 25 dispensaries that they want? No, no. I was saying like, uh, like I actually am fine with the fact that we've got a 10 dispensary limit three cultivation limit like I, that's fine no that's it's, fine it's changing oh it is okay stay that's, tuned that's interesting here. that's going to open up they're going to get more the that original makes sense gonna be though, able to have access to more but they're going to yeah they're going to also allow some of the original ones to do more so they're going to try to make it as fair as they can with the larger companies sure the msos and so go ahead please continue what you were saying though oh yeah no uh I was just going to say that well, I totally get what you're saying and you're absolutely right. And people have said it. I've, we've heard it from multiple different perspectives that it when you limit the number of licenses, it gives 
the license an intrinsic value is how some people describe it. In other words, there's only so many places to go. So you go to these places and they are able to, like you said, it's really trying to, would you agree, fight price compression? Right? Find price impression? No, fight. Fight price oppression. To prevent price compression. Would you agree with that? Because that's what he just said. We he laughed said, about Michigan earlier. People drive to Michigan from Illinois. Correct. I because, do. Sometimes. Because the pricing is so cheap. Yes. It's so low. So as a consumer, it's wonderful. Right. It's great. It's great access. But as a business, you know, it's harder to make dollars. It's harder to make money. So if it doesn't make sense from a business standpoint mm -hmm. to have unlimited licenses. Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. But and unlimited brands within it. Yeah. Now, Illinois has, I think it's only like 70 brands now, I think. It's still, it's very limited how many brands are in Illinois. A lot more are starting to come. We talked about earlier, the craft girls are starting to bring new stuff in Illinois. We'll see new brands. All that's important because you need product differentiation. But there's, there's a lot of dispensaries that are now going to be opening up yeah that that came from these original licenses that were originally submitted and applied for you're starting to see them almost every month open up yeah social dispensary just opened up in park ridge recently sparked just opened up another dispensary they're starting to open up so you're going to see a lot more dispensaries and more brands behind it uh yeah. but unlimited stores for anybody who wants it is not good economically not from a business standpoint but why do you so why do you think that and i agree with you actually because the fact i'm about to say backs up what you just say was said so 80 percent of restaurants go out of business within the first five years that's as a result of the fact that i would say that you can just get a fucking Correct. license and then you can't compete with let's say a west town bakery or something like that right. just to um but anyways yeah i know you, you know like so so, but I guess what I'm asking is how have, how has that been justified? Like, I guess I look like I understand what you're saying. Like it makes perfect sense. Again, it, it increases the intrinsic value of the license, but I'm just saying like in America, it would seem like you wouldn't like prevent. I hear what you're saying. You know what I mean? No. Right. And it, anybody should start a business if they choose to start a business. And the most scary thing, if I could just undertone that question, is it goes back to what I was saying earlier. The enforcement mechanism isn't like, Cole, you're selling a bunch of weed in this store without a license. Shame on you. You need to get a license. Here's like, a, like with, if you do a liquor, li you know, serve liquor without a liquor license. Right. Like you just get fines. If I did that with cannabis, I would be thrown in jail. That's my, that, and that's when I, you know, I relate it to Hash Wednesday and everything else, because as you just said, yeah, when you go to Michigan, it's much more consumer friendly. And I get that Illinois is much more business friendly, but I go back to legalization. I'm like, what did we legalize it for? Did we legalize it for, and I'm not saying we can't do both. I know what you're saying. I'm not saying we can't do both, but I, I do think it's like, why did we legalize it? You know? Why is any business or industry started? Yeah. Demand. Yep. And to make money. Yep. Because you can, if you don't have the demand, it doesn't matter what you produce. Mm -hmm. So the demand was a pent up demand in cannabis for so long, a pent up of new brands and legalizing it and affordability and accessibility. And now that that's all in play, that plays into that. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah.
Yeah. I just hope, I guess the reason I bring this up is because like I say, just if I, if to close, I don't think anybody at hash Wednesday imagined this when they thought of legalization. And I mean that in good ways, but I also mean that in bad ways. You know what I mean? Where it's like, they would never imagine we'd be sitting in a lounge in here. I just ate a sandwich earlier. It's so casual. People are buying weed. There's some folks smoking weed to us. Like, like they never, yeah, there's there. so many different apparatuses and it's games, awesome. board games. Like it's just, it's so, they never would imagine this. But I also think on the, like I say, not to make it too, I, I don't mean to make it too negative, but I, I also am trying to like, I'm hoping that somebody is looking back on this in history, maybe in 2040, and they're like, you couldn't grow weed then and you couldn't like that's what i'm saying i feel like we still have progress to make you know right but that's, which i know that's a point it, you were making too. but that's part of what we've been talking about the whole day is history yep we're only one small part of history you and i cole and, and when this time goes on and goes forward there's gonna be more history and more growth and more stories to tell and and, and that will grow and yeah. that's just the way life evolves is through natural progression yeah and so I, I think, again, the important thing is what Cole keeps saying is talk to your legislators, yes. reach out to them, because if you just talk it amongst yourselves and your friends, nothing will get done. Mm -hmm. So if you have an opinion, uh, that's why you voted for these people to be put in place. Speak to them. Reach out to them. They're accessible. Tell them your points. So yeah. that's an important thing. If any takeaway people should have is everybody should have a voice mm -hmm. whether it's through a newspaper article a podcast writing an email yeah. let, or picking up the phone and leaving a message you know if you protest in the right way you can get things done and by doing such the life in cannabis will continue to evolve and we'll get to more of that xanadu of hash wednesday yeah fuck yeah hitting 10 foot bongs ah, on the quad them, them. Yeah. And so to your point, I think this is a good positive note to, to close on. Um, you know, somebody said this on the podcast in the past. Do you know? So the difference in federal and state policy, the, this, the way, what we're doing here with it being federally illegal, but state legal, this is the biggest difference in federal and state policy since pop quiz. What federal and state policy I'll give you a hint. The president that had to deal with this was from Illinois as well. Was what? He was from Illinois as well. Lincoln. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. The, the biggest sure. difference in federal and state policy yeah. was slavery back then. And to the, to the point, and the whole it's not like at the stroke of his pen that everything became legal, even though he said that's no longer happening. And even with the, the fat past fights of Martin Luther King and stuff, like they fought hard and they got a lot of things, but the fight still goes on. So maybe to your point, it is those baby steps. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's not like, it's not like there was ever one day where all problems were solved. It which takes people base. like us to, which, yeah, it should be. Ideally it would be, but it takes people like us to have these conversations and hopefully inspire others to, like you say, ride in and everything else right. to keep pushing that pendulum forward. You know, by staying quiet or talking about it just among friends, although that's important. It's also important to do something proactive to make a change. Changes yeah. don't happen unless you take action on it. It just it just won't happen. Yeah. Well said. Well, Tony, 
it's been a blast today. I, I think I'm going to use the restroom and smoke another joint. But <laughs> um, before we stop the podcast today, I wanted to give you the space. Was there anything we didn't talk about today or anything you wanted to close on? Why don't you show the camera if they hadn't seen your University of Illinois hat? Bought the Illini hat. Yeah. Now, did you get that at your time during your time? No, there? it just no? looks like okay. it would be. Gotcha. But thanks gotcha. for that. Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. The only thing I would say is just everyone should just enjoy what cannabis, weed, dope, grass, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pot, whatever you want to call it. Just enjoy it because there's there's so much bad in the world. And there's good things that you can make out of the world and you should enjoy yourself along the way. And if that, if you enjoy cannabis or wheat, you should do it because it's legal. Yeah. It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. And there's a lot of growth still ahead from a stigma side and actually even quality side, we hope will get better and better because it is starting to get better. You know, and hopefully the strengths levels will be more allowed to get higher as they are in other states to allow that much greater quality of brands. Yeah. Specifically here in Illinois, as an example, and yeah. that's going to start to come. It's starting to. Yeah. Well, well said. Well said. Yeah. If I could put a cap on some of the things we talked about, like you say, Illinois, it's business friendly. I would say states like Michigan, Oklahoma. Sometimes you could argue even Colorado. I know they've changed their market up a bit, but I would call that consumer friendly in the sense that it's so cheap to purchase the product. And I understand that that makes it hard to make money off of it, but it's like, hey man, deal with it. You know, I'm just like, that's what I like. I, I Sorry to keep going on this, but I talked to the guy from uh, the lead uh, regulator from Oregon and he, he did say that, you know, while a lot of people went out of business and he wouldn't wish that on anybody, because they had such an open license approach. He did like the fact that the people that did sign up knew what they were getting into and at least had the chance to participate versus Illinois, where I think uh, our cannabis czar, Toy Hutchinson said, like we had 4,995 applications for what was gonna be 75 licenses. We knew 95% of people weren't going to get them. And it's just like, let that's, me tell you something, Cole. That's the numbers. That There's good thing about that is safety and regulatory. I mean, listen, first off, it, I believe in regulation. I believe that there should be regulatory control of certain things. Okay. You can't have total anarchy and total do whatever you want, guys. Go ahead and hit somebody with a bat because you feel like it. No, there's got to be laws in place for everything. And, you know, and because this is still a drug, there has to be regulations in place. So some of that has to do with uh, how much you can buy at that time and so forth. Just like there are laws in place when you go to a bar where you can't be overserved. Some people say, I should be able to drink as much as I want. You know, it, it's so there has to be that re some regulation in place. Right. So when it comes to access and to be able to get into a business again, I think cannabis is welcoming of different business cultures, diverse cultures coming together is a great thing. And I know as a consumer, Believe me, I know as a consumer, it's a lot cheaper to drive to Michigan and buy product. But 
in the business side, it's just, it's not, you know, it's just, it's just a totally different way of looking at it. But I also will say that I don't drive to Michigan personally to buy it because it is so accessible. I mean, it is accessible. It's around the corner from where I live. I can buy weed from this time of the day to that time of the day. I can go and sit in a consumption lounge with friends, you know, all those things. It's accessible. Yeah. There's, what's great about it is that it's your choice. Make it your choice. And, you know, just like nobody wants to tell you, you don't want to be told what to do or how to do it. Don't tell anybody else what they should do or how to do it. Yeah. Live your life for you. Be good to others, right? Yeah. Chill. I, <laughs> Fucking light up a joint. If I yeah. had a lighter, I would light it up. Did it's I pro- steal it again? Probably. You might well, we're all over the place. This is it's funny. Oh, it's there between it your legs the again. Hidden. It's the theme of the podcast, the, this disappearing the lighter. lighter. Um, I just thought of this number off the top of my head. People Googled me on this. Um, in 2022, Michigan sold. Sorry, hold on. Illinois sold. billion dollars in cannabis michigan sold 2.3 you know again people use it as a they say that like that's a failed market and i'm just like but if they're making more money wait wait. is that really what you think so without so i'm curious because that there's a in when it comes to any kind of sales there's a top line a gross number and then there's a net Sort of like when you make money and then you have to pay taxes. You might make $100,000 a year, but you have to pay taxes on it. So you're really making $80,000 a year. It's the same thing. So their higher numbers might be their gross numbers, but how much they're making as a business standpoint, the margins are so thin there. Yeah, you're right. Where in states where it's more limited, like Illinois, the margins are greater. So businesses can stand to make more money. Yeah. But... The thing about cannabis is, for anybody who's a dispensary owner or wants to be one, it all goes back to community. It's community driven. You have to engage your community to want to choose to come into your location because there is access to go to another one. So engage your communities and well, and then you come up with appealing things like this, where you can get fresh donuts and coffee, and uh, yeah, I think I might grab some snacks on the way out. But but it's kind of crazy that some people I saw some people just come in and they bought like baked goods and left. I thought like I was like, aren't you going to go to the dispensary? And they're like, OK, I don't I thought want that this was podcast to end without telling one little story. It doesn't, sure. doesn't have to go be ahead. Cash Wednesday, but it's along with what we're talking about. And it goes back to dispensaries are becoming more of an experience. You know, you want to experience something when you go back to here. I here, take, Oh, you're not ready. Um, but I just read in California, in West Hollywood, the owner of a sex boutique store called Pleasure Chest, which there's actually, I believe there's some here in Illinois and Chicago area, uh, boutiques that are, you know, for sex toys and stuff. And he also opened a dispensary across the street. And the whole theme is Pleasure Med is the name of the dispensary. So it just goes to show you that as time goes on in history, is made, we're going to see more and more unique experiences at dispensaries when you walk into them. Yeah. As time goes on. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. Good things to look forward to. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, that's interesting. I think the only thing I've seen that that reminds me of what you were just saying in Colorado, we actually saw cannabis infused lubricant. (laughs) So, okay. Well, it's great. Would you have, would you like to have the founder of that on your show? 
Yeah, that'd be cool. She's a very good friend of mine. Yeah. Tanya Griffin. We're going to introduce you to Tanya. Cool. She's, uh, oh, I think bad. I've read she about her. Yeah. She was here in yeah. Illinois. To, she, she was, was here this that. week for business. Oh, damn. I'm telling you. So, yeah, there are products coming out that are, as you're alluding to, lubricants that are made with cannabis. You know, currently there's plenty out there with CBD enriched products that have effects as well, but now it's coming out with THC, cannabis infused products of all kinds. You know, it's just unique products coming to the marketplace. And we yeah. talked about some. which, which we, we won't be able to speak on behalf of, uh, but I can say that I've, I've heard that I've read that, uh, I don't want to like be like, Oh yeah, I've heard that from all these women that I've been with. Uh, no, I've read that, uh, the product is good for, from the female perspective, from a woman's perspective. Um, which is like you say, as you started the sh- actually you, we weren't on air yet, but you were talking about differentiating yourself with your products and uh you got that lighter um so yeah there, there's another way to do it um you know so sorry though i was giving you the space and then i like jumped in uh you were talking about something and then i started in again on uh limited licenses and talking about oregon and i then we talked about that i wanted to hold my promise of giving you the space was there anything else that uh maybe you thought about that I didn't ask today um, that you specifically wanted to speak about. Um, I just wanted to be sure to give you the space. I think uh, just Cole, I, you just need to keep doing what you're doing and people around you are going to continue to gravitate when they see what you're about. And from an industry perspective, being in the business side of it, it's a super exciting time in Illinois and across the country as more and more growth is happening, more and more consumption lounges are occurring. Licenses just opened up in Nevada for the first time. They granted, I think, seven or 10 or 50 initial licenses for consumption lounges. And you're going to see that around the state. So I just think it's a great time to be around cannabis from a business perspective, from a consumer. More and more brands means more and more options. And so that's always a good thing from a consumer standpoint more and more options and more and more acceptance as time goes on. And we're all going to be a part of history yeah. as we go forward with it in every way. Well, I want to just thank you, thank you. for uh, not only giving me your time today and, and sharing weed with me and, and sharing stories with my audience, but for doing what you did in cannabis history. That's so nice, Cole. You know what I want to thank you for? Passing me the lighter. That would yeah, be really, hey, you I got to thank you for you're passing welcome. that. No. <laughs> Keep doing what you're doing, buddy. Yeah. I'll be definitely following you 100%. Do you Seriously. remember how you first found me or saw me? Do you remember at all? That? I know that that's might a be great hard question. to ask. I but... first it, it definitely was Instagram. 100%. 100% Instagram. Cool. cool. I'm like, who is this kid? <laughs> I got to check this out. Now, like, I would laugh, yeah. like, a lot. I mean, so I'm like, I try to, I am not saying that I'm funny, but I do try to blend comedy into some of the things I do. No, you're, you're good. You're good. I love, I mean, it's funny. I, you know, I, I notice all your stuff you add to it, all your little memes and all the little add-ons that are, you make it entertaining. Try. But you get your message across, which is key. Yeah. And, uh. You definitely have a new supporter in me. Well, you always had me as a supporter. (laughs) Yeah. Now you'll have me as a supporter. Well, hell yeah. Well, 
um, I'll just say this as we step away. If any stories come up that you that you're like, oh shit, I should have said, you know how that is. Sure. I should have told that on the podcast. Just call me. We can do it via Zoom, or we that'd can even great. maybe something happen. No, I'm but, coming know, to Champagne. That'd be cool. No, be I cool. will in a, in a minute. Sweet. My aunt lives there. I have family. Well, you should let me know when you come you down. And your dude. family now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. Please let there. me know. Let me know, and I'll have some uh, some homegrown goodies for you. So, uh, well, folks, I hope you found as much value in this conversation as I did. I'm going to continue smoking joints with my friend here at OK Cannabis. See you, folks. Yep. That was awesome.